Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen. What's in a smell? What do you think of when you conjure up a memory that also has a distinct smell? Author Roger Kipling once wrote, smells are surer than sights or sounds to make the heartstrings crack open. Each of our five senses work together, taste and sight and touch and smell and hearing. If one is taken away, another will take over or become more dominant to make up for the missing sense. Some of us have a stronger affinity to one sense over another. But suffice to say, all the senses are important and play a central role in how we experience and, as it turns out, make meaning and even memory in our lives. I was reminded of this truth after reading the gospel lesson for today. And I have spent a glorious week really reveling in memories entwined with a sense of smell. And all of that has made me wonder what it is that is so important about the sense of smell in the story we just heard from the Gospel of John. But before we get to the Gospel, I want to start a little closer to home. What is it about the sense of smell that is so powerful to me? Here are a few personal examples. Some are small, even trivial, or maybe even a bit crazy, but each of these memories is deeply ingrained in me. I want to read you a short list as you maybe think of your own list, and I want to ask you to think about what each of them, yours or mine, might have in common. Here's my list. The smell of cut grass, the smell of fresh baked dinner rolls, the smell of a skunk spray, and the smell of pinion wood burning. Any thoughts what each of, what each of these have in common? The answer for me is simply people and places that have shaped and formed me throughout my lifetime. To be even more succinct, what each of these have in common is love. So without belaboring these too much and in hopes of connecting us quickly back to the gospel, here's just a little bit about who or what connects this list to me. The smell of cut grass. I grew up in a house with a really big front front lawn in Ann Arbor, and my dad cut that grass on a riding mower for years. And after each mow was finished, he attached a red wagon to the back of that mower, and all four of us were invited to jump in, and he would ride around the cut grass lawn, and us yelling and screaming and probably falling out from time to time. 
smelling that grass. Pure love, pure joy. The smell of fresh-baked dinner rolls. Some of you have heard me tell stories about Lily, who I like to think of now as my second mother. She was the woman hired by my parents to help cook and clean and care for us as we grew up. She taught me many important things, including how to say the Lord's Prayer. And perhaps equally as important, she taught me how to make homemade Parker House dinner rolls. Again, pure love, pure joy. The smell of a skunk spray. Okay, this one is a little weird, but totally true. Years ago, all of us kids were in the station wagon with mom, and we smelled a skunk. And of course, the four out of us let out the cacophony of, ew, yuck, pew. So probably in an attempt to practice her own parental civil disobedience, mom simply said, I love that smell. So now, decades later, with my family as my witness, every time we smell a skunk spray, we just smile at each other and say, hmm, mom. Okay, they still laugh at me, but again, pure love pure joy. And finally, the smell of pinion wood burning. While I grew up in Michigan, my family was also lucky enough to have a second home in Albuquerque, New Mexico for over 40 years, and that was the place where we gathered as a family for holidays and summer vacation and years and years of summer camp. And anyone who has ever been in the Southwest knows the distinctive smell of pinion wood, either through the popular incense or the actual wood as it burns in fireplaces. And still to this day, within a second of that smell, I am immediately transported back to all of those family memories. Again, pure love, pure joy. There is not a single one of those smells that I could, even if I wanted to, separate out from a powerful memory. So as we turn to the gospel lesson we just heard, I am wondering about that. I am wondering how and why the sense of smell factors in so prominently. And is there something, anything in today's gospel that can also be described as pure love and pure joy, even as we are now just days away from the beginning of the end, as it were, with Jesus' time among us? The smell in the gospel this morning I'm referring to is, of course, the smell of the perfume Mary, sister of Lazarus and Martha, used to anoint Jesus' feet. But it wasn't just any oil. It was oil costing almost a year's wage and the kind bought and saved for only the most special of occasions, the kind that would smell so exquisite that it would permeate every nook and cranny of any room. The text we just heard says, Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. And it is in that moment of the story that I suspect at least the two of them, Mary and Jesus, shared a moment of pure love and pure joy. 
There didn't appear to be any rationale for this kind of extravagant generosity or outrageous sharing or what otherwise would have been carefully kept and used for a, over a long period of time for the oil. And that was not lost on the others present that night as they gathered for dinner. Mary was scorned by the disciple Judas, rebuking her for not selling the costly perfume and using the money to feed the hungry. But regardless of his somewhat suspect ulterior, maybe even duplicitous motives, it was Jesus who steps forward and sets them all straight, dismissing the criticism. Rather, it seems Jesus is saying that this, this smell, this one right here, this is the smell of extravagant love. Maybe not planned, perhaps not rational, maybe even a bit outrageous, but so too is God's love. It seems possible as we approach this text with the gift of hindsight that Mary's actions that night may be understood in the context of foreshadowing and embodying Jesus' final commandment, the one we will hear so clearly on Monday, Thursday, the commandment to love one another as I have loved you. You see, in this context, this powerful and beautiful smell today does not and will not counteract the imminent smell of Jesus' death soon to be upon us. But perhaps the scent of that perfume today can trigger another memory in us as well, or more importantly, trigger a person and a place that can help shape who and how we are in the world as we move into Holy Week. Perhaps this year, as we journey to the foot of the cross, we can remember that all the smells in our lives that trigger pure love and pure joy matter. So that when we gather here on Good Friday and smell the scent of death, we will do so knowing that one smell does not replace the other. It occurs to me that no smell replaces another. They have their own integrity, and they offer contrast, if not complement, to each other. Smells seem to tell a kind of truth about our human existence and bind us deeply to our experiences so that we will have long-lasting memories. The sense of smell is also so very human, isn't it? So real, so impressive, which may be part of the point of this story and our stories as well. Today is a wonderful, gritty, simple, and profound reminder that Jesus truly is the Word made flesh. Caught between the smell of love and pure joy today and the smell of death and grief at the cross, in just a few days stands Jesus. There is no one or the other. Both have to exist so as to reinforce that incarnation really matters. And in the end, I suspect our storyteller today might have wanted us to pause for just a minute in the narrative and be reminded of the complicated nature of life, what it means to live from an awareness of being deeply connected to everyone and to everything around us. And what better way to do that 
than through our senses. There is just something about a smell that transcends our ability to articulate our deepest knowing. And maybe remembering that today is enough. I want to end sharing again the words that we just heard from our opening colic this day, maybe with new meaning. See if you can smell something in these words. Extravagant God, lavishing your love on our poverty of heart, inspire us to give without stint, to lose life that we may find it again. So the world will be filled with the fragrance of your love through Jesus Christ, who offers himself for us. May it be so.